Welcome to the Navigating Design and Manufacturing Podcast, powered by AirMed Medical Devices. Listen as host Justin Starbird talks to experts from AirMed about topics relating to design, engineering, manufacturing, assembly, and packaging of medical devices. Air is the Norse goddess of healing and is commonly associated with medical skill. She was regarded as a forge goddess who helped by creating useful and artistic objects instead of weapons. Many who suffered from sickness would climb the mountain on which she resided, and when they returned, they came back healed of all ailments affecting them. Air Med harnesses this spirit of creativity and artistry and their expertise to integrate with the development of devices designed to improve patients' lives. Air Med's diverse experience and knowledge enables the development and manufacturing of advanced medical devices across many markets. You're listening to the Navigating Design and Manufacturing Podcast. Welcome back to Navigating Design and Manufacturing, a podcast powered by AirMed. My name is Justin Starbird, and I'm uh, excited to welcome back uh, Tanner Teasdale, Automation Engineer for AirMed and uh, President of AirMed, Rick Curtis. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Justin. Hey, you know, this is uh, number two. We get to uh, do this again, back, back by popular demand, Tanner. So this is a, this is exciting. You're, um, I think you're, you're the, other than Rick, you're the first return, uh, return guest. Perfect. We'll be back. <laughs> so uh, we ended uh, the show previously, you know, talking about the different types of automation and, and um, taking uh, a project all the way to commercialization um, and reducing, you know, the time to, you know, production, um, you know, one of the questions that kind of came up towards the end was how do you determine what type of automation is needed? So at the end of the day, you know, AirMed is really a partner. Not only are you there doing the work, you know, for your part, your customers and, and clients, but, you know, really you're a trusted advisor too. you know, walk me through how you go about determining you know, how you're going to solve somebody's problems. So I guess the first thing we look at is the geometry, the part, uh, the volumes that we're going to be seeing uh, produced and the process that needs to happen to these parts. So really taking a step back and determining um, what type of machinery is going to be best suited. Is this going to be a, a full custom built machinery? Can we can we implement robotics to assist with some of the processes along this part? So really just working with the, the team here and trying to find the best uh, possible approach to begin the automation phase. And what kind of questions do you ask them, you know, as you start to, to learn more about what they're, they're trying to produce? You know, what do you, you know, you say geometry, uh, you know, but what is it that you're actually looking for? Are you, are you looking for, you know, what they have as like drawings or CAD drawings or, you know, what are, what are you actually like on the lookout for that helps uh, get somebody started on the right foot? Sure. So yeah, CAD drawings are the first big step if we can actually have um, a true scale drawing of the part. From there, we could potentially push it through uh, 3D printing technology so we have a physical part in front of us. From there, we can take that and look at the part and say, you know, how are we going to move this thing? Are we going to use uh, grippers, any sort of suction cups to move the part from place to place? You know, what kind of quality inspections do we need? Are we going to implement vision systems to check X many points on the part? Um, and another big one is the volume. Um, 
how many parts are we going to push? So how fast does this machine have to be able to supply the parts to our customer? And and so when you see that, you know, what jumps out at you? Because you have to essentially like, you know, create something, right? So it's going to solve their problems. Sometimes you can buy, a, a, I guess, a, you know, a machine off the shelf that helps do that. But but really you're adapting other, uh, you know, other um, operations that you have to meet their demands. And, and what does that process look like internally at AirMed? So it starts with our manufacturing engineers um, that are working with the customer to develop the part. Um, once we have a solidified uh, design down for the part and the mold cavities are, and when the mold is being created, then we can begin to take a step back and look at how are we going to pull these things out of the mold? You know, are we going to process them immediately at the, at the press and at a secondary operation cell? Are we going to package them and move them to a clean room or a different location to process? And you have all those capabilities right there on site, correct? We do, yes. So walk me through, you know, what type of operations need to, you know, happen in a clean room versus right there at the press. So the right at the press may also be in a clean room. Yeah. Um, so it just really depends upon the requirements of that product and whether or not it's a clean room product or not, if it's gonna be going through sterilization or not. Um, that again, goes back to the customer requirements um, that they we typically identify with them and define in, in the step one of it. So um, then Tanner knows which environment he's gonna be operating in either in the clean room environment or not clean room environment. And we've got solutions for both. Yeah. Well, and you guys recently made some, you know, pretty significant investments in um, operations and technology. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the advancements that you're, you know, currently implementing for your customers? Yeah. So one of the newest advancements we brought into our facility is uh, actually it's a, it's a fairly new technology called collaborative robotics. So when you think of a traditional robot, they're in a cage, they're safeguarded to all get out because they are, you know, they're high speed machines and they don't stop for much um, to put a I nice- think of one of those like popular mechanics, you know, shows that shows the uh, uh, robots like manufacturing assembly line uh, on the, like cars, right? Like that. Yeah. Uh, when you say that, that's, I think of like rough, you know, industrial robots. Yes, yep, exactly. So collaborative robots are essentially the same thing, but they have, safeguarding like mad they have you know static detection impact detection overload detection etc cetera, etc cetera. so these machines are actually designed to be able to work next to a human so no caging required no light curtains no floor scanners they are incredible um, to be able to implement this type of device in an open environment so we recently brought in uh, a collaborative robot to complete several processes that we have in-house processing, I believe 15 different bar profiles. And, you know, one of the big things about collaborative, again, is we don't need all this guarding. We don't have to worry about safety circuits. We don't have to worry about, you know, making sure that our operators are safe. So that decreases the amount of time it takes, the time investment, and I guess the cost investment into a cell um, to get this thing to production. So it's, it's an incredible piece of technology. 
So do you make that decision to, you know, invest in the collaborative robots and new technology, or is that something that comes to you, you know, from, from a customer, you know, who provides the idea or is it, you know, you guys identifying that, Hey, in order to get this done, we need to get this. So we're always keeping an eye on the bleeding edge of technology. Um, the latest advancements in, you know, imaging technology, motion control. Uh, so we are, most of the time we advise to our customers these new technologies that have come out instead of relying on the old, uh, say, servo gantry equipment or uh, fluid power systems. So it's, it's really something we keep an eye on. How have you been doing that through, um, through COVID where, you know, some of these uh, robotic shows have been shut down and there's no, you know, you don't get to see the demos, you know, in real life, you know, you might have to rely on it in Zoom. How, do, how, does, how has that changed um, some of the decisions? Maybe Rick, that's a question for you. Yeah, for me, I've actually had um, more virtual classes on robotics during COVID than at any, I've learned more in the last year than I have probably my, the whole prior 20, 20 or 25 years of my career. Um, there's been a lot that's um, come available, um, but a lot of the manufacturers were really good about making sure they were pushing content um, out to customers and to prospective customers that were interested so that we had the opportunity to start considering and be thinking about applications that were appropriate for the different types of technology. And what has that, you know, led, I mean, now, now when you're, you've made the investment internally uh, to implement those, you know, new processes, new technology, what are you seeing on the horizon or, or what's next, um, you know, for both you and your customers? So we're leading through the, the third industrial revolution going into the fourth. So I guess as a, a general, um, we're going to be potentially seeing a lot more fully autonomous machines or lights out manufacturing, they call it. Um, artificial intelligence, the industrial internet of things is taking off. Robotics are getting smarter and faster. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to in the future of automation. Um, as well as here at AirMed, we are bringing in some of these devices. Uh, we do have um, several devices in-house that have artificial intelligence. Um, that are used to envision systems to recognize if parts are good or not, um, or pass quality inspections. And has that, uh, you know, changed your labor outlook on things, or you know, has that made it easier, you know, to um, determine how you're going to manage, or does it make it more difficult to manage? For us, it it helps. It does a couple of things. It helps us. Um, to support growth more efficiently, um, where we can deploy these different types of um, automation si systems and then uh, for the, the higher volume programs and then keep our, um, our manual labor available for um, other types of programs that don't have the same, same type of volume in them. Um, but ultimately for us, it's also about um, making sure that we're competitive globally and making sure that um, that we're that we're um, sorry I guess competitive globally is where I wanted to go with that well speaking of that I mean and and I think that's a great a 
a great, um, you know, point to make is that you are competitive globally right there, you know, in Wisconsin and across the border from Minnesota, it, you know, so that's a really interesting spot to be in here in the world um, where you can, you know, say that you're uh, doing well to compete with the same sort of tasks that are being offered in Mexico and in China. Um, it, why does your, you know, potential customer care about that? I think they care. And, you know, in the last year, I think all of us have become more sensitive to supply chains and where products come from and making sure that there's always a consistent, reliable flow uh, of those parts, products and materials when needed. And, um, you know, I think we've all seen and watched examples of when that's a challenge and countries and regions of the world um, that have a lot of um, challenges, I think, in being able to um, uh, have good, reliable supply chains. So with their supply chains, you know, for companies all over the world, especially here in the U.S., you know, having cracks exposed in the last year, you know, you guys have deployed um, new technology and made investments um, in, you know, efficient approaches to completing projects for your for your customers. You know, what are you seeing next for for them and for yourselves and, and where are you headed? So I think the further investing in the collaborative robotics is going to be a big one for us since they are so uh, versatile and can be rapidly deployed. Uh, I think that's going to be the right move for us. Um, so I see a, a handful of more of those machines um, in the near future, as well as some of the newer division systems. Uh, we have uh, a few in-house, as I mentioned, that have an artificial intelligence algorithm in them. and they, they're absolutely phenomenal. They catch things that sometimes our operators don't catch. So investing more towards the, the quality inspection um, and robotics to keep things moving at a higher pace. Awesome. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys have this collaborative approach, both with your clients and internally to decide, you know, what type of automation is needed and when it's best deployed. Um, and so, you know, it sounds really exciting for, for customers and clients um, to continue to choose AirMed over and over again as you guys uh, continue to, you know, write history, if you will, right? You're, you've been ahead of the curve for a while now and are, are really well positioned for what's coming. That, that's kind of been our, our whole key is to be the best manufacturing partner for them and to make sure that we position them to be successful in their business going forward. Well, Tanner, Rick, thanks for joining me um, on this episode. Um, and thanks for walking us through, you know, the, the different sorts of automation that you guys provide. It's been great. Thanks. Thank you, Justin. You've been listening to Navigating Design and Manufacturing, a podcast powered by AirMed. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Navigating Design and Manufacturing with host Justin Starver. To listen to more episodes of this podcast, go to airmed-devices.com. That's airmed-devices.com. Be sure to share on LinkedIn and Twitter to help folks just like you learn more about the world of design and manufacturing. On behalf of the team at Airmed, Goddess Air, and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. <laughs>